0: In crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We've got Mario, aka the Zill Moonboy or the Fire Nest Defender. Welcome in. Gonzo, the crypto goliath, and of course, the proud husband of Shelly. Good morning, Gonzo. And we have Andrew joining us this morning, the passive income and airdrop expert, also known as the cashflow king. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing Gary Gensler said the SEC will work to register and regulate crypto platforms, but will they do it alone? The CFTC believes they should play a role. Russia and China continue to lean into crypto assets, creating additional opportunities for digital finance. MicroStrategy's Bitcoin balance sheet reaches over $6 U.S. dollars. Could this be a signal for continued bullish momentum? Also, we bring you the latest update on Ripple gearing for a massive NFT innovation, what our listeners should be aware of over the next several months, and we share some powerful statements from the European Parliament regarding XRP use cases. Our show is now available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I'd love to give everyone a chance to say hello before we hop into our content. So we'll just start off with a good morning. Good morning, Gonzo. Happy to have you in this week.
1: Good morning. Happy to be here. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I just had a little bit of technical difficulty. I had an echo in my ear, and I just fixed it because I was like, "Uh uh-oh. That's not going (laughs) to be good. But yeah, happy to be here. Uh, Shelly says hi, Abs. You know, she appreciates you always with the shout. Hi, Shelly. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. We'll go to Mario next. Good morning, Mario. How are you doing this morning?
2: Good morning, everybody. Doing amazing. Ready for some crypto talk. How are you guys doing?
0: Awesome. And we got some great stuff today. We got Elon Musk news. We've got ADA news. The list goes on and on. We'll kick it to Andrew Cashflow. Good morning, Andrew Cashflow. How are you doing on this Tuesday morning?
3: Good afternoon. 5 p.m. here (laughs) in the Netherlands. You know, last week it was summer and we had uh, 20 degrees Celsius and currently it's winter again we even had snow last week or, or early this week wow. so you know i'm we're sitting here at the zoom the uh, and, and zoom meeting so uh, everything is excellent as mario
0: would say another beautiful day in the matrix so we'll <laughs> yes. hop into our we'll hop into our good Morning <laughs> <laughs> crypto account here where you get access to every single one of our team members at 3t good morning crypto please go smash that follow button where you can interact with us on a daily basis with that being said, we'll hop into the fear and greed index. So we're still sitting in this neutral zone. We're showing a 52. Nothing, too, uh, nothing worth addressing this morning, but we're continuing to watch. And if we climb, we will bring you guys the latest updates. So this morning, we're sitting at 2.13 trillion in global market cap. We've got Bitcoin at 41% dominance, Ethereum at 19%. Bitcoin sitting just below 46,000 as we had a, a slight pullback this morning. We were up above 47K for a short period there. Ethereum 3,400. We have XRP at 82 cents this morning. Cardano's $1.19. Luna $116. Kronos is 47 cents. And we'll scroll down to Stellar here just above 22 cents. And Hedera Hashgraph is 23 cents. So a lot of bullish stuff in the market, not too much movement, but I'd love to get some comments from the group before we hop into our articles today. So Gonzo, is there anything you're watching this morning?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, uh, well, you know, shout out to Satoshi Nakamoto, because today, uh, and we understand that he's not a real person, but the inventor of Bitcoin would be 47 years old today. So really interesting. If you follow uh, Waters Above, uh, I know we already hit 47.2. We'll see what we close at, but it'd be really interesting if we uh, close at 47,000, right? I'm pretty sure last year, uh, which is 46th birthday, we ended up closing at 46. So uh, yeah, I'm really interested to, to watch that, but... Uh, otherwise, it's uh, kind of more the same, right? Just watching and seeing what Bitcoin does and how it moves the market.
0: That is that is very interesting. And if we see a $47,000 Bitcoin, guys, the simulation is confirmed. So we'll go to Andrew Cashflow next. <laughs> Andrew, is there anything you're watching this morning within the markets?
3: Now, actually, I was watching Bitcoin, just just Bitcoin. I went in with uh, with the contrary momentum strategy because that's what I'm learning at the moment to make a new uh, second source or multiple source of income. On the first of April, I went in when, when it was yeah pretty low with a dip. And then today, just two hours ago, my trigger was was uh, uh, yeah, my, my exit was triggered with the plus five percent. And you see what happened. Having an exit plan really helps because last two hours Bitcoin went yeah, down. Boom. And, and, and we've seen know, it time and, time and time again, right? And, and actually, I do this. Over and over again. I'm just learning. I do it with small amounts, and I can, yeah, I can advise everybody: uh, st- study, uh, f- figure out new trading methods, and uh, and make small amounts, compound it over and over and over again, and you also make money. And don't wait for the big boom, and because after a big boom there is a big dip, and you know you will be happy, and then you will be set.
0: Of course, and we we always <laughs> talk about this executing your exit strategy. The only profit is realized profit. I'm not sure if Mario yep. had a comment here, Mario. Floor is yours.
2: Yeah, it's really it's a big shout out to Waters because like there's a lot of stuff that he just nails like spot on, and he I I do remember watching one of his videos recently where he was calling for this birthday of Satoshi and how he was going to be 47, and it's so interesting how we saw Bitcoin earlier today just hit that 47 thousand dollar price and and get you know, get rejected, which, you know, it's fighting against this resistance right now, which, you know, it, for those of you that are not so exoteric as far as, <laughs> as far as waters and and some of the stuff that he uses, but yeah, it's super interesting. This matrix is amazing.
0: <laughs> and you sent me a fantastic tweet this morning, Mario. I'm not sure if we can share it now, but it's from blockchain mm-hmm. backer showing that we're coming up and we're just testing this resistance here. I'm not sure if this is the 55 EMA. Can you remind me, 200. Mario? 200. 200, 200, even, 200. Wow. Yeah. even better, 200 May. even better. So we're gonna be keeping an eye on this and seeing how we react to these levels. Gonzo, I'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you know, um, whatever TA I've learned, i learned it from waters above. And so, yeah, it's the 200. Uh, we're actually smashed between the 200, the SMA, the, the simple moving average and the 200 exponential moving average we're smashed between. But um, it was funny what I was just thinking about because you know we always start off talking about Bitcoin because it moves the market. And, you know, we get accused of being Bitcoin maximalists. But to be honest with you, I'm I'm more bullish on Ethereum, right? And, yeah. and, and the merge and what's coming up and the triple having for Ethereum. Uh, and if you even look like Ethereum, I, I want to say uh, it's up like 17%. I don't know if it was in the past week or a little bit longer than that. While Bitcoin's only, you know, a few percent, but definitely more bullish on Ethereum. So don't sleep on it.
0: Totally. And I just telling Andrew about this this morning, when we went down to Miami, me and Jackie for the Bitcoin conference, Jordan Belfort gave a speech where he said that he has never not only has he never sold any of his Bitcoin or Ethereum, but they're betting on the triple halving that's taking place during the summer, being a huge catalyst for bullish momentum. And so up until that point, a lot of his friends who are institutional investors, they work at hedge funds and banks are buying into this stuff and betting on that taking place sometime around July. So I thought that was some really good insight. We should bring our listeners. I'm not sure if Andrew Cashflow had any additional comments.
3: Um, yeah, what I said earlier. This this project is such a difficult project to 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 go from Ethereum 1.0 to 2.0. It's like changing the engine of a race car driving with 200 miles per hour, and and then change change the engine. I mean, it's if if they succeed, and I'm sure they will succeed because the best engineers and the best programmers and the best best people are working on this project and they they dedicate their life to 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 make this a success. So, you know, the only thing is that what is variable is the time. So will they make July? Mm, Not sure. Yeah, but then it will maybe be a third quarter, maybe fourth quarter that it will happen. Yes. Do we have to be patient? Yes. Also. But if it happens, and we see the the gas prices go down, and and we see other war, uh, uh, yeah, other projects also coming in, more DeFi, more NFTs. I mean, it will explode. I love that. Uh, I love that analogy, Andrew. It's I
2: guess it's like it's like having a race car going at 200 miles an hour and trying to change the tires right? at the same time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's I never
0: been it,
2: done, it, is what yeah. you're saying.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Gonzo, I'm not yeah, sure if you, you know,
1: comments. Yeah, just go to on. wrap it up. It, uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm bullish on Ethereum, but um, – and the layer twos, right? Like Matic, um, um, Immutable X, like, you know, because people think that, okay, well, you know, as they do the merge and they go to proof of stake, what's going to happen with these layer twos? But everything that I see, they're still going to need that ecosystem, right? So anything that's attached to Ethereum. Um, not financial advice, but definitely um, I I think they're going to do big things.
0: And what's so interesting is that Ethereum's got a market cap of about 350 billion right now. And you have other main projects like Polkadot, AVAX, ADA, all around that 30 billion mark. So over these next three or five years, you're going to see a lot of that DeFi space shift out of Ethereum and into these other projects. And that market cap is going to continue to grow. So for Ethereum to do a 2X, it needs 350 billion in volume to come in. Whereas with Polkadot or ADA, a lot of these currencies only need about 10% of that to do a 2X. So this is something that we're going to be watching over the next few years. And of course, we'll be talking about it on this channel. We'll hop into our first article today. SEC Chair Gary Gensler says agency is planning on greater oversight of crypto markets to protect investors. Of course, he's protecting investors. Gensler said the agency plans to work to register and regulate crypto platforms and will look into separating out asset custody. So Gary Gensler made some very powerful statements. We know that the SEC is trying to regulate this market. What was so interesting about this article is that they actually plan on working with the CFTC to regulate this stuff, which is actually pretty encouraging for me. I want to find a quote here where it says, the SEC will partner with the Commodity Future Trading Commission to address platforms that trade both crypto-based security tokens and commodity tokens, as the SEC currently only oversees those that trade securities. What was so great is that they compared these exchanges to traditional exchanges that offer other securities, and they, they request investors get the same protection. So I'd love to start with Andrew Cashflow, if that's all right. And we'll get some thoughts on what you think about Gary Gensler regulating this market.
3: Yeah, you know, that's his task to do. And and what, what I already uh, said and thinking is he have to buy time for the banks because the banks see this, this monster coming like crypto, And they want to have a stake in in, in the stuff. Also, all the the financial institutions, there's so much money waiting on the sidelines to jump in. And yeah, and they're also, you know, a lot of payment rails need to be developed and a lot of applications need to be developed that that, that investing in crypto will be just as easy as investing in in stocks, you know, with with, with a centralized exchange. So that's what they're waiting for. And you know, if the will was there that there was a regulation agreement, uh, yeah, uh, figured out, it was already there. But the will is not there at the moment. However, t- to my opinion, it's also pretty difficult to uh, to regulate it. I mean, what what if if you say, as soon as you regulate the centralized exchanges for for for, for cryptocurrencies, I mean everybody will go to decentralized exchanges. So, (laughs) I mean, it will be directly solved. And so, I, I, but what I think we will end up in a couple of years with, uh, with um, uh, know know your customer KYC kind of procedures on decentralized exchanges. That's not how it was meant to. However, you know, I don't care so much. I mean, I have to pay my taxes anyway. So yeah, and if yeah. it is from a decentralized or a centralized exchange, it's what it is. And you know what? The the market with cryptos is so enormous, big and, and and huge that there is room for everybody and I believe in abundance. So this little bit of uh of of regulation we we will survive. And you know, and if you if you just have your entry strategies and your exit strategies you will make a lot of money and we will, we will looking at a much more uh, millionaires here in, in our, in our community than, than you can ever think. So yes, <laughs> mic drop.
0: Yeah, of course. And, <laughs> and what was so great about what Andrew said is that Gary Gensler, he's not only identifying the new opportunities in crypto, he's identifying the new risks and retail investors have access to payments that they never had before. Where a lot of these seed rounds, you were financially priced out because you're not an accredited investor. Retail investors can purchase any of these cryptocurrencies listed on platforms. And he says that a lot of retail investors aren't poised to handle that financial responsibility, which I thought was pretty telling. I'd like to go to Gonzo next. What are your thoughts on Gensler kind of diminishing how smart retail is
1: within the crypto space? I think you and I have talked about this before, Abs, with the whole, like, you know, nobody stands there at Vegas. And uh, before you go into casino, make sure that you're not gambling away your mortgage or your kid's college fund, right? But they continue to treat us. Um, like children, and it's unfair, right? Because it seems like the, only the rich get richer. If you're not a accredited investor, um, then you can't invest in this. Which, is, you know, my personal opinion is wrong. Everyone should have the right to, regardless of how much money they make, be able to take their little piece of their income and invest it in whatever they want, right? Um, I think it's interesting. You know, the article talks about uh, his comments about not throwing out 90 years of security laws, um, but. I don't think we need to throw them out, but I think we need to revamp them, right? We're talking about a brand new asset class, right? That they never probably, when they created those laws, wrapped their brain around or could have envisioned that we were gonna create this digital asset or this digital money. So I do believe it needs to be tweaked, right? Um, And it's funny because this is my personal opinion. We we don't need regulation. What we need is some clarity, right? you see how the SEC has been regulating through enforcement, and that's just not a good way to do things, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's speculation that maybe we get a new Howey test. Hopefully, right? Knock on wood. But I really do. When when you know, the more I see Gary Gensler and I see all these, like you see these senators and um, the CFTC. Uh, I always messed that up. CFTC. The, um, yeah, exactly. All these people are starting to come forward, right? And the narrative is that they want to regulate crypto. I start to feel like I get this sense of they just want to be the one. That's the claim to fame, right? And so on the back end, so that they can be like Jay Clayton or Inman and get these jobs with these huge companies or hedge fund or whatever it is and say, yeah, hey, I regulated crypto or I wrote that law or I created that law. So let me help you now navigate the law that I created, right? It feels like that's what they're doing. They're setting themselves up for the future on the back end. That's just my opinion.
0: That's a great take. And I actually totally agree. And it's a lot of the reasons that there's a great example with Janet Yellen, right? Janet Yellen is supposed to be for the people, by the people. She gets paid from our tax money. She makes $200,000 from taxpayers every year. She gave two speeches last spring to Citibank that lasted 45 minutes each. For those two speeches, she was given $7 million dollars. So she's getting $200,000 a year from the taxpayers, and she's getting $7 million in an hour and 30 minutes from the bank. So when you go to these financial meetings, who do you think she's representing? I'd like to go to Mario next.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to agree with everybody else because apparently that's. (laughs) that's what i do somebody in the chat said that i just agree so i agree
1: (laughs) (laughs) we all think alike though right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) i mean what's
2: not to agree right i mean we all know that this is something we've been talking about for a while you know it's just that you know you guys are all talking it comes to my point it comes to my turn i have no option but to agree um if there's anything that i don't agree with i will certainly say it but we all know that this the sec has got, you know, their hands in the securities. And when it comes to cryptocurrency, they're, they're more than just security. So it's, it's common sense that we need some kind of new entity to come into place, or maybe we need multiple entities to work on this together. And and this article just, you know, it's, it's good to see that Gary Gensler is finally saying, hey, let's work together. You know, let's c- come to some kind of regulatory clarity as far as cryptocurrency, because some, some of these things are securities, some of these things are not. So it's good to, to see that come to play.
3: Let, let me make one additional command, a comment, because, you know, we are known in, we, we know our crypto stuff, but there are so many people that have no clue. They all think that crypto goes to the moon and there are so many scams currently in the world. I mean... This morning, yeah. my sister gave me a call because I, I do some, some Bitcoin and some Ethereum for her. And she said, yeah, did you see that article on Facebook that our uh, minister of uh, finance had an interview? And uh, she said, yeah, that she was making money. And I said to her, did you see the video? No, no, I, was, I saw her sitting in that, uh, that, that interview setting on the TV. I said, are you sure they talked about what, what they write below it? no no i've not seen it exactly that's the scam you know and then you see the major newspapers and yeah they and then they they get you get the idea of that even our our uh, minister of finance is into crypto and then of course there are some links that there below and then you can click and then you can send your money and then they tell you they, they, they buy bitcoin for you because even This person and these famous persons in the the Netherlands, they do it. I mean, and that's what we also need to consider. There are a lot of people that need to be protected. Yeah. They play on people's
1: greed. The the scam you're talking about, like send me five, we'll give you 10. Come on. But I mean, that's what they're playing on. People's emotion and greed. The fear of missing out that, hey, maybe there's a small chance that this is actually real and I'm going to get back more right but we all know no that's not how it works people don't just give away free money
3: whether it's ripple, ripple.
1: whether it's the government nobody well maybe the government gives away free money but as far as the companies <laughs> like ripple and the scams and all that they don't give away free money
3: the other day i was at the hairdresser and the hairdresser told me do you do you know crypto i said nah, I'm not so sure and uh, <laughs> yeah I said you have to go to binance and then, uh, you have to find the crypto, which is, uh, no, point, something. He said, and then you put in a thousand euros or so, and then you just have to wait a couple of years and it will be millions. Wow. Now I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's great. Financial
3: <laughs> I and then of course he <laughs> told, he, he told the story about the pizza delivery guy, you know, and the, 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 the story about, uh, about, yeah, paying 10,000 Bitcoin for, for one pizza. And he said, you know, he said, that's with all those uh, these cryptos. You should do it. You know, <laughs> and that's the ignorant and, the, and the, the the not knowing of so many people currently. And they, indeed, they need to be protected.
0: I think the easiest way for people like that to be protected is finding a trustworthy community like we have here. Because a lot of the times, I've even almost fallen for an email. I almost fell for a scam email until I reached out to Mario Because several months ago, one of my exchanges, I got a fraudulent email from one of the exchanges that said, you need to change your password. Please put in your seed phrase. And I was like, absolutely not. So I sent it directly to the group and I got some clarity, but that's what people need. They need a strong foundation community like we have at the 3T Warrior Academy. And of course, you can check that out below. You get access to all of us, Mario, Johnny, Andrew, Gonzo, Jackie, the list goes on and on. But the biggest benefit is not only the information, it's the separate minds who help us analyze the market? It can be very complicated for someone who's in retail. Andrew, do you have a comment?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I get all the time. I get these kinds of emails. You have to uh, do KYC on your Exodus wallet or on your Atomic wallet mm-hmm. or on your Ethereum wallet. Yeah, yeah, and and, and there are people uh, doing that, you know. But, so, so yeah. some friends of mine, they 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 locked in on a on a local. Uh, uh, uh exchange crypto exchange although they thought they were logging in on the crypto exchange although the, i i have set them up with 2fa and then they said yeah i need to do uh uh with with, with text messaging uh two-factor authentication and not with the google yeah we've done it yeah 0. 0.6 btc gone so some somebody else logged in on their account with the fake website wow and,
2: But I do want to add that like scams are everywhere. I mean, for those of us in the US, how many times have you received phone calls claiming to be the IRS and, you know, the list goes on and so forth. So this isn't just a crypto problem. You know, I I do feel like a lot of times people make it seem like, oh, scams and crypto and scams and crypto, but scams are essentially everywhere and it's not going to stop. Regulation, of course, can help with it. But at the end of the day, scammers are always going to be scammers and they just get smarter and find new ways to, to try and, and fool people unfortunately but like I've said you know getting yourself educated is is one of the most important things yeah. make sure that you make sure that you get yourself educated you know the academy is a great place because you have a community of people that are all willing to help and we we're, we're always answering everybody's questions we have tons of calls every almost every single day of the week and um, you've got some some something to lean on there but Otherwise, you know, there's tons of open information everywhere YouTube, Twitter. You know, start somewhere, get educated essentially, because if you get educated, the chances of you getting scammed get reduced by a minimum.
3: Yeah. And a rule of thumb (laughs) question about uh, Kana benefits. What about cold storage? I mean, come to the Crypto Academy and I explain you there in in a, a video tutorial that your coins are not in a wallet. Your keys are in a wallet, so your mm-hmm. your coins are as safe as you are able to 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 keep your keys secret. Because you can put your keys in a in a in 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 a uh, in in a, in a in a in a cold wallet, but it doesn't help this cold wallet if you give your keys or somebody steals your keys, then they can exit it on the network on the blockchain, and your coins will anyway gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and by the way, I don't also see so much the benefits of, of a cold storage. Only mm-hmm. if you are lazy and if you are not, not secure with, with, with administration. Yes, it can help because you don't have to remember your seed phrase. However, it would be good to remember your seed phrase, but you only need the passwords. So...
1: Yeah, I think people forget about their... Uh, they forget about fees too. Like, I, you know, I was... When people talk to me about cold storage... I always tell them, like, look, if you're a hodler where you're just buying and accumulating and you're not selling for a long time, like you've got a 2025 time horizon stuff, then, then yeah, if it makes you sleep at night better, then that's good for you. But if you're going to be, like, taking profits and, um, and selling some of your crypto, it can really be a kind of pain in the butt, right, because you're moving it back and forth and then you're paying fees. And it's funny when people realize that and they go, oh, man. Uh, you know, I'm trying to move like $30 worth of Ethereum and it wants to charge me $100. Well, you, know, you just learned what gas fees are. and You learned why um, Ethereum, uh, the merge is such a big deal now, right? So it's cool yeah. actually seeing that when people actually kind of wake up and they start to make the connections and they realize, oh, okay, that's why you guys talk about it so much. Or that's why fees suck, right? Because I'm trying to move yep. $30 worth of crypto and they want to charge me $100.
3: So, yeah. yeah what, what you see is, more and more the right questions are coming up. And yeah. that's, that's what yeah. makes me happy because asking the question is step one in understanding. So I would encourage everybody start asking questions instead of believing somebody. Don't, don't believe anybody. Do your own research and start asking questions. Find, find your, Google, just type your question in Google and you, you will figure it out. I actually love that comment from bobby
0: townsend as well it's funny the space is so new that when people are doxing themselves and showing who's the leadership team on the project that's considered an advantage that's the first time ever that people are not you can start a project without actually putting your name and likeness to the thing and have that considered to be considered credible i don't know there's just so much to go into there and if you guys are enjoying this content please smash that like button and show us some love we're gonna hop into our next article where we talk about russia's biggest bank has been cut out of the global financial markets now it's launched a cryptocurrency. So Cyberbank has launched S- Cybercoin. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. As Western sanctions hampered Russia's access to global financial system. So Russia's biggest bank has launched a cryptocurrency. Trading shares plummeted for the bank by 95% after the sanctions rolled in when the war started. And Russia has been seen struggling to meet dollar-denominated debt obligations. What was really interesting is that we have Ashish Birla, the general manager at RippleNet, Making some statements on what's going on right now, it's going to be a super problematic for them to get much traction here because they also need a liquid exchange that is willing to trade the Russian Rupal. Stable coins like Tether and USDC are popular because exchanges can use them to trade into other forms of cryptocurrency. But it's like taking your own bank account, putting it onto a ledger. It's just kind of similar to what Andrew said. It's not useful at all unless you can start trading it for other things. So there's a bunch of powerful quotes here, but we saw that this coin basically failed massively. They launched it. It's down ninety percent since the launch. Trading volume is down from almost a million dollars a day to only a thousand dollars a day on the token. And I don't think this is anything new. We knew this would fail. We knew they wouldn't be able to create a currency to get around sanctions. But I'd like to kick it to Mario first. Mario, what are some of your thoughts on Russia trying to evade sanctions through cryptocurrency?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird paradigm that they would think that. Creating a cryptocurrency would would come to solve it, especially with everything that's going on. I mean, there would need to be, like it mentions there, there would need to be liquidity. There would need to need there would need to be somebody on the other side that's willing to trade with it. And maybe they just didn't think that through. Um, at, this could also just be, you know, we saw we saw Russia just be banned from all these things, and then we saw Sberbank. Uh, I think it was on the London Stock Exchange. We covered it here on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah, losing, you know. Massively 95%
0: and, and now the they c- value.
2: Yeah. And now they come out with their with their own cryptocurrency. Maybe that's the narrative. It's showing how banks are actually adopting this. And it, I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's a weird thing to, to think about, really.
0: I thought it was interesting that Ashish Berlow is making the statements in this article because yeah. of course he knows more about this stuff than anyone else, but he said it's going to be super problematic for them to get traction here because exchanges aren't going to pick up this currency. I totally agree. Gonzo, what are some of your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing with it is that there's no liquidity, right? Who's going to want to exchange for rubles, especially with everything that's going on? So um, that just goes to show that they don't really understand um, sometimes how crypto works. Um, But when I try to pull back and look at the overall, I could see where this is going, right? Like now we have Russia creating a digital currency. Next thing you know, it'll be Russia's central bank creating a digital currency, right? Or the central bank digital currency. We already know there was an article we'll go over probably after if we have time about China's central bank digital currency. So you're going to start seeing, um, I think, this narrative. Uh, and this is kind of stuff that we talk about in the academy, that coach is always talking about it on his videos, right? That they're going to move us closer to the central banks. Um, so uh, it's, we're just sitting, we're living it, right? We're, we're literally living it and watching it uh, as it happens and it takes place.
0: Here's my question. What happens if Russia is unable to pay their dollar-denominated debt? Does it mean we go to war? Does it mean we apply additional sanctions? Does it mean that we stop using their oil, goods, and services? I'm really not sure. I'd love to hear from Andrew Cashflow.
3: If Russia is not able to pay their dollar-denominated debt, mm, they just don't pay. You know? (laughs) And, And what they say, they have oil and gas enough and if they let it pay in uh in in gold what they already said or, yep. or in rubles i mean the ruble will go up i mean the, this whole you Ukrainian war is not for nothing it's it's not a, a war about people it's a war, a war about uh, government leaders you know putin biden uh the 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 Ukrainian uh, guy i mean they they will figure it out and it is all above our heads yeah and and, and actually the I think what Russia did to say uh, we want our gas and oil paid in in gold or in in, uh, in in rubles excellent from the point of view from russia excellent it's it's a master uh masterpiece however nobody will say that in the in the western world because oh russia is bad and uh but i think from from a putin point of view yeah it will uh yeah, we, we will see, and you know, and on the other hand, it gives more and more instability in the current uh, uh, currency system, in the current uh, dollar, uh, world currency uh, stuff. And that's also good for crypto, mm. because when there is one part, there is also another part. There is all the yin and yang and positive and negative. And so <clears throat> don't worry that, for example, the CDBC will win this, this battle. Forget it. Will will crypto win? Forget it. Will they stay next to each other? Yes. Yes, they will be there on both sides. That At least that's what I think.
0: Yes, so I agree with you. I really do. And I think that Russia is making some great moves because they have no choice but to start doing things like accepting only the ruble and only gold. If the US continues to apply sanctions, they're almost shooting themselves in the foot. They're forcing Russia to move into other asset systems that don't incorporate the U.S. dollar. And whether that's digital currencies or other fiat currencies like the Chinese yuan, we're seeing that continued movement into other global you know, superpowers. And we watched a video from Ray Dalio last week that said by 2030, China's economic system is going to be the leading economic system for all the global markets. And we're seeing that take place right here and now. I think in 10 years, people are going to look in retrospect and say, that shift started happening in 2014 but really made incremental shifts in 2020 through 2025. So I think we're witnessing a lot of that now, and I'm not sure if Gonzo had any closing comments.
1: Uh, no, I just like what Joseph said. I think it was Joseph, right? Nobody pays their debt, right? Yeah. In- including <laughs> uh, including the United States, right? <laughs> yeah, um, so I just thought that was funny. But yeah, like, like you said, Abs, we're going to see this um, transition, right? Um, and, and I know I, I read an article, I think it was maybe a week or two ago, where Russia was talking about, um, taking Bitcoin um, for oil, right? And so yep. uh, we, we've talked about this before where we're just kind of cutting our own throat where we're move- we're pushing them to move off of the dollar. Um, but we already know that that was the plan from the beginning. It just makes it seem like we pushed them that way. But that's what was going to happen uh, anyways.
3: Yeah, because they're
1: going to come out with their world money, right? And it's either going to be one world... Um, uh, like economy, one-world money, or it's going to be a conglomeration of all of them put together into one,
3: right? Let, let, let me say one, one more thing about this. The, the other week, there was an initiative, at least in the Netherlands, where they say, yeah, tonight at, uh, at, at 8 o'clock, till eight, 8 till 9, we will all uh, uh, close our lights and, uh, in, in, in the whole country, and then we show Putin that we no, don't need his oil and gas, and do you know what the reaction was from the public? They said, Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, we don't we don't close our lights. We want this, we want this oil. And then our government said, Oh, you know, yeah. So you see a separation between government and people. And the trust in the in the government, in the the, the this, this public figures, the trust in the government has never been so low as in as as, as currently. Because a lot of people say, "Stay neutral. Don't deliver weapons to to Ukraine. We have nothing to do with this war. Of course, we will we will get get the 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 refugees. You know, and we will pick them up. We I mean, we already have thousands of people in the Netherlands from Ukraine, and they are welcome. You know, if they have they have uh, they have no place to stay, but we the 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 the, the people they want." netherlands to be to stay neutral and our government says we send weapons and so there is there is a lot going on in europe a lot a lot of instability Mm
0: -hmm. and we heard about it from selman yesterday we brought an article about the rates of inflation and how they're higher than ever right now but we're also seeing this political unrest is higher than ever and you just brought up the disconnect between politicians and the citizens is greater than ever so we're, we're on the precipice of massive change. It's a big decision here whether the people are going to accept what's taking place or fight back, and we're going to keep an eye on that. We have some central bank digital currency news from China. China's central bank adds more digital yuan pilot cities. The digital yuan now has more than 261 million users. Meanwhile, in the United States, we can't even figure out what's a security or not. The People's Bank of China Saturday said it's adding more pilot cities to their central bank digital currency And now it's being tested in 10 major cities. I can't read any of these names, but they are listed here. It was also tested at the Winter Olympics in Beijing. (laughs) Policies must be designed to stimulate creativity, enthusiasm among the banks, technology firms, and local government in development, promotion, and proliferation of the digital one. They're basically pushing the narrative as hard as they can here. They've got 261 million users and over 13.8 billion US dollars in volume on their central bank digital currency right now. This is massive, guys. The innovation is taking place in Asia, and that's, made, that's really the test net for what's going to be taking place in America over the next few years. Central bank digital currencies are going to be out, and people are going to be incentivized to turn in their dollars for CBDCs or shift into that new monetary system. We're going to continue seeing stories like this. We saw it from Japan. We saw it in Africa. Now we're seeing it in China. I, I'd love to get some comments from Andrew here first. Andrew, what are your thoughts on a central bank digital currency already doing thirteen point eight billion dollars in volume in China right now
3: it's coming China is the is the, 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 the guinea pig of the world and they are trying it out and they see that it that it works i mean trudeau said the other day that he respects china for for what they are doing in, in, in centralization i mean it, it it's insane but, but it's happening and and it, it's, it's continuing all the time, so it's inevitable, you know. Currently, they, they also want to get rid of cash money. And, and actually, in Europe, we are already pretty far, far with, with getting rid of cash money. But um, how do you get rid of cash money? First, get everybody a uh, a wallet. I mean, we already have all a wallet because of the go- COVID uh, the COVID uh, access pass. Uh, You can add a a central bank digital currency wallet to that application. And then, but then there is still um, euros. Yeah, cash euros. So how do you get rid of cash euros? That the plan is that they can uh, give two exchange rates. So there will be a moment that you can exchange all your euros one-on-one to CDBC, euros, so digital euros. And if you don't do that, then in the supermarkets, there will be two prices, cash prices and CDBC prices. Wow. prices will be more expensive than the CDBC prices. That's amazing. So what do you think? What will happen? People will shift, and we're seeing it in Jamaica right
0: now. They're going to give you cash. They'll say, hey, if you deposit $100, we'll give you an additional $10 because they want people to use this stuff. And you got to think, hmm, why would they be incentivizing retail investors to buy into a CBDC? Well, it's the KYC part. They want to make the unbanked banked, and they want to figure out as much information about what their consumers are spending money on as possible. I'd like to go to Gonzo next.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it just goes to show uh, how far ahead China is. Um, you know, we've already talked about Russia, um, and it kind of makes me cringe when you think about Ray Dalio and his video about the changing world order. And yeah. um, you could just see uh, us moving down that path, right? As the U.S. relinquishes the number one spot to China, right? And, and they just kind of allow it to happen. Uh, like Coach is always saying, get your shit together. The U.S. needs to get its shit together. Right, Our government needs to get shit together.
0: Totally. And right now in America, we have a big problem where we have 50% of our people saying we need to redistribute wealth. And we have 50% of our people saying we need to keep the wealth system we have. And that's one of the main indicators for a falling you know, global superpower is that you have an infighting, a massive, massive distribution where – Sorry, dispute between two people who – they both want America to succeed, but we're in a situation where we need change. We're just not sure what that change is going to be. And I'm really interested to see how how this all plays out. I do believe we're going to go into a CBDC. I do believe they're going to incentivize investors. I'm just curious as to how they're going to regulate this new market and how slowly this process is going to take place. Are these CBDCs going to be running on already existing rails such as Ripple XRP, XLM, Hedera Hashgraph? Or are they going to roll out a set of government you know, institutional rails that we haven't had access to over these last five years? And that would really surprise everyone. I'm not sure if it's possible. I saw Andrew's reacting. I'm going to go to Andrew next.
3: Yeah, you know, you, 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 you ask questions and also don't have the answers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I do. have, have ideas about direction and where we are going. And what you, you said is absolutely right. And what, what JV also says always, get your shit together. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, the way how you look to the world is how the world is. So if you look at a negative point of view to the world, the world will be negative for you. If you yep. look at a positive point of view and a point of view of opportunities, the world will give you opportunities. Yep. And also, never blame anybody else about the situation you are in. Only yep. search for answers to find opportunities. Get your shit together. Get out of your bed. Get earlier. Study. Uh, um find find opportunities, start doing it, fall down, and uh, start over again, start another opportunity you know, and I often say, fail yourself to success, I mean, a small child when it falls down needs to, to learn to to walk, nobody cares, you know, yep. put it up, and try it again, put it up, try it again, put it up, but as soon as you are, no yeah, maybe uh Maybe you're six, seven, eight years old. It's all problems. and oh, it's, it's scary. you know? no. Keep you learn keep the most failing. out of failing. Keep failing, 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 and you learn every time again. and I
0: think one of the most important parts of of self-improvement in particular is unlearning a lot of the bad habits that have become unconscious, right? Like somebody who sleeps until eleven a m, for example, or somebody who, who doesn't exercise, or a lo- breaking these habits that we know are bad, but we're comfortable in that state of mind. And it creates you know, internal disruption, internal friction. When you know you're not doing what you're supposed to do, the comfort zone will kill you. And I've seen it time and time again. A big part of my personal development was unlearning a lot of the things that I was comfortable doing. Was it comfortable to get into a brand new market like crypto a few years ago and start from scratch? No, it was extremely uncomfortable. I was actually have a size criti- I mean, criticized heavily not only by family and friends, but because I was successful in stocks, they said, why the hell would you be switching? And I just saw so much new opportunity. And it took, luckily it happened pretty quickly where I started to see those results. And I was purchasing $300, $400 Ethereum. I had some trusted family members who did trust me, did understand the research that I was doing and followed what I was saying. And now those are some of my biggest supporters. So it's been amazing to see this shift take place. And just because you're being criticized, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Oftentimes it means you're doing things correctly. If you're doing what everyone else is doing, you know, I, I just disagree that retail has it figured out, that the average retail investor understands these markets. and should be out giving advice. It's only people who are really deep diving and doing this stuff full time that are going to be able to understand the real utility of this market. I'd like to go to Mario next.
2: Yeah, I, I wanted to touch on something you said just before about the vision. We know that society right now is heavily divided, especially the last couple of years, you know, with everything that's been going on. Um, but I, I think that they are painting a picture of, of, uh, going more digital and, and that, you know, everything that's been happening again, everything that's been happening the last couple of years has just been a, a sequence and more and more people are starting to get away from, from cash. And, uh, and, you know, it was like, oh no cash, you're going to get the, the C word if you have cash. Right. And now we're starting to see governments, uh, working on these CBDCs and everybody's looking at China as this new powerhouse as, as, as the, uh, as the economy to look up to and what is China doing? They're working with a CBDC. So what is that telling the rest of the world that that's what the rest of the world needs to do? Saying so, we know that that's all about control. It's all about just everything being more traceable because it brings the, the consumer that much closer to, um, to the government. So I really think that this is just a picture that's being painted and it's just getting people subconsciously ready for using a digital wallet, for using, uh, you know, CBDCs, crypto. Like you just said, you know, we're we're, we're we're studying this, we're researching this on a daily basis. So we see things that other people can't see or don't see just yet.
0: Yes, totally. And Mario, we had a really great conversation I think we should talk about now where we're actually shifting into digital assets. So from this point forward, this will be viewed as the line in history where we shifted from exchanging gold bars and paper dollars to exchanging value through a digital electronic system. And they're gonna talk about 2020, the C-word being a massive shift away from fiat and into digital assets. I'd like to get some closing comments here. We'll start with Andrew.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, however, it is inescapable. I mean, when I, I always like to, 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 to view something from a helicopter view. When mm-hmm. we started with digitalization first we did the, the the paperwork you know the typewriter was went digital then we went to uh, to to photos and music and videos and so what what is more logical than that money will also be digital It's, yeah exactly i mean it's it's inescapable mm-hmm. and and that that we will tokenize everything around us i mean it you know it also makes the world easier. And easy has two sides a good side and a bad side. It makes everything more
2: accessible worldwide, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Where now all of a sudden anybody anywhere can see anything anywhere or buy anything anywhere with this new digital economy.
1: You know, and it's
3: and
0: there's very there's hard theory. to be fraudulent. Mm-hmm. And That's and a big the, narrative.
3: Then, sorry, normally, banks were in, an, in, an, in, an, in a system. Where everything was secret, if you had a little bit more information than somebody else, you could, could profit from that. However, that that is vanishing because it will be more open, more open, more open. And yeah, the way how banks normally used to make money with with pre-information and getting uh, getting earlier into deals, yeah, it gets diff- more difficult and more difficult. And you know, and that's a pain. And actually, I like it a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. You're evil. That's actually, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's actually the perfect the perfect way to end it there. I want to bring up more of a fun topic now. We've got Elon Musk has just been appointed to the board of directors at, at, I almost said at Ripple, at Twitter. Because we saw he purchased a 9.2% stake in Twitter yesterday. But what's really interesting is I was deep diving last night, is I found that he purchased the exact same amount as JP Morgan owns of Twitter. So I'm wondering, there has to be a reason there. They both own 9.2% and are both tied for the largest shareholders in Twitter. This is huge guys. I just like to get some quick comments before we hop into our ripple XRP articles, but we'll start off with Mario. What did you think?
2: Honestly, one of the things that has me most excited is the fact that I'll be able to edit my tweets.
0: Is that coming? Is that, is that official?
2: Well, he made a poll. Most people Mm -hmm. voted yes. So I'm assuming it's coming. I I did find it strange why he put that poll last night. And I remember we spoke about this last night. We, you know, we were like, wait, but he just bought, he just bought the shares. He doesn't have a seat in, in the board of directors, right? No, he doesn't. And then this morning, oh, he's been appointed. He's got a a seat at the board of directors. So I think it's cool because we know that Elon Musk is this innovation, innovation driven mind has this innovation driven mind. So, um, you know, I'm a big advocate for Twitter. I've been enjoying a lot of a lot of uh a lot of the things that I've been doing in Twitter, you know making connections with people, sharing my thoughts, so I'm really excited to see what he brings to the to the Twitter platform. I think you know the edit button is just a small thing compared to all the things that he's probably going to be working on. There's a lot of speculation on bringing a tip jar of doge you know dogecoin tip jar, but <laughs> we'll see about that yeah. it, definitely, uh,
1: it definitely moved the stock price up though right. Because yeah, yeah. a few weeks ago that he was talking about the whole censorship problem about Twitter and mm-hmm. all that? And the price had been crashing. It was down like 15%, maybe in the 20s, I think. And then all of a sudden, bam, he buys 9.2. And then the stock price, he got at a discount, right? I want to say he's up, I, I think, at least 20%. It could be more than yeah, that. So, I saw it was I mean, up the rich 30%. Keep, there you go, right? The yeah. riches keep getting richer. And so oh. while... You know, it seems kind of almost unfair, right? Like, almost seems like—is that even legal that he can like basically tank the price by talking shit about it, and then buy it, and then it goes up because he bought it, right? Wow. That—that's—that's that's a question for uh, you know, I guess uh, the powers that be, or actually, it would be a question for um, popular opinion, right, to see if that's right or not. But that just goes to show that the rich. You know, they make different moves than we do.
0: And it's fascinating because you think about 30% and you're like, oh, well, that's not that substantial. But 30% mm. of $2.9 billion is billion. $600 yep. million dollars he made overnight, yep. basically, in an investment. So it's like yep. the rich do just keep getting richer. And here's another example of that. MicroStrategies buys another $190 million worth of Bitcoin. So their official holdings are now over $6 billion. And we just consi- we consistently see these guys accumulating. Their average buy-in price is just above $30,000, and that includes fees and expenses. I just want to get quick comments. We'll go to Mario here before we hop into some Ripple news. What do you think about Michael Saylor continuing to add Bitcoin? He hasn't strayed for a second. I think he's going to be proven historically correct, but what do you think?
2: I, well, I think he's either going to do extremely well with this, which I don't doubt he will in the long term, or he's going to have to declare another bankruptcy at some point. Right. (laughs) But, uh, but I think he's onto something. Um, you know, we all know that he's a bit advocate for, for, for Bitcoin. We all know that he's known as one of the maxis out there. Um, but I, yeah, he just keeps increasing his balance sheet. It's insane. I mean, here we are trying to figure out a couple of hundred, couple of thousand dollars to get into this new crypto project. And this guy just keeps piling on billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, but I mean, it's worked out pretty well, right? Bitcoin, if you look at the chart of Bitcoin over a 10-year, you can see that it's just been on this continuous bull run. Now whether we're going to continue moving up in the short term, we'll see but I think he's well positioned for, for the long term. for those of us that know that cryptocurrency and Bitcoin especially is, is a dominant um, an asset and dominant asset in, in the coming digital economy.
0: There was a hilarious tweet I saw where it says, Michael Saylor is about to make Bitcoin centralized with all this buying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Got a
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, he's way, way smarter than us. And so, what I found interesting is just like his average buy in is at 30,000. So, when people were talking about when Bitcoin dropped down to like 33 or whatever it was, um, was that a good time to buy? I mean, there it goes right there. It's only a couple thousand more. What if his average buy in is right? And if you go back to, Uh, I think, January of 2020, and you look at the charts on the daily, uh, Bitcoin's just basically done this whole ranging thing from literally 30,000 to 60-something thousand. We've gone up and then back down again. And so when you look at that perspective, that's kind of what Bitcoin does. If you look back a few years earlier, we were kind of ranging, I think, between 3,000 and 6,000. And then it just incrementally keeps going up. And so uh, when you look at what his average buying is and what the prices are, you can see where this thing is going, right? Or where he believes it's going. He can see the next section up. That's going to be 60 to 100, right? 100 to 150. Um, and then he's going to have billions and billions of dollars. He'll never have to sell it, right? Because he'll just take a loan against the Bitcoin that he holds. So they never have to yep. sell. So um, especially, um, you know, in his, you know, his lifetime or his kid's lifetime, if he leaves it, imagine when there's no more Bitcoin being mined. Right, what those prices will be in the future, uh, and 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 comparing that to what they own, it's pretty crazy.
2: And he's not taking yeah. a retail mindset, right? He's not looking at this like, what's the next yeah. year going to be? I think he's really just looking, what's the next ten years going to be for digital assets? Right. Yeah. and once that's where made, I think that's where I think he will win.
3: Yeah, once he made the comparison, I don't heard him talking about it. It is actually Bitcoin is digital real estate. And then he made yeah. the comparison with a piece of land in New York City. He said, if your family holds a piece of land, for example, one block in New York City, you never sell it. No, you rent it out. You lease it out to, 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 the, to, the, to the building owners and you get a continuous stream of income. And, and that's what, what Bitcoin also will be, a continuous stream of income. And so there's no reason to sell it especially if you compare it to a uh, digital real estate.
0: Yep. And that's what we talk about. A finite set of resources, maximum supply. It's very interesting, but something else we're keeping an eye on right now is the fact that we have some powerful statements. I'm shifting gears here. We have some powerful statements from the European parliament. It says, unlike Ethereum investors, Ripple investors did not sell a portion of XRP via crowd sale upon XRP's creation to fund Ripple Labs. The company was privately funded. So this is exactly what the the lawsuit is about. Was Ripple using XRP to fund their company? And if if so, is it a registered security? Ripple is an open-sourced, peer-to-peer, decentralized payment platform that allows for near instantaneous transfers of currency regardless of their form. So it could be the dollar, Bitcoin, the yen. It doesn't make a difference. XRP is used for liquidity, and it's used to transfer value. So I'd love to get some comments from the group. We have about three minutes left. We'll start off with Andrew, what do you think about what's going on right now, not only from the SEC standpoint, but the fact that European Parliament came out and made statements like this regarding the crowdfunding that happened within Ripple and Ethereum Labs,
3: or Ethereum and Ripple Labs? Yeah, it's weird. The whole, the whole world thinks that XRP is not the security, except the SEC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what's the double agenda? No, yeah, we, we talked a lot, a lot enough about it, so you know, and and it, look look at the whole globe. I mean, America, uh, US is maybe this big, and then you have the whole world around it. And and Brett Garlinghouse, he just continues. He goes on and on and on. Also, when you see this guy sitting in an interview, always relaxed, laughing, he's always <laughs> a nice guy. He knows his shit and he knows the outcome. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, even wonder me if he already made a deal with the SEC a long time ago. That they will say mm-hmm. okay, we have to do this and we have to arrange that and so we will hold you up a little bit and yep, that's more I, I like the shot. I,
1: I like the little shot towards Ethereum and right how Ethereum was founded, right? Right? Because if you know the story um because uh, you know the way that they're kind of um, going after (laughs) Ripple, right? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) That was a security. That was straight up a violation of like SEC law. If you hear the story about how he was running out of money and he basically sold uh, Ethereum to keep it going at a certain price and all that, Um, but they got a free pass, right? And so they got a free pass. um, And so it's just crazy. Uh, But I I like that little shot they, they took because at this point, um, I think that Ethereum is such a big entity. Uh, it, it's not going anywhere. And they would just be nuts to all of a sudden now try to backtrack and try to say it's a security or, or, or something crazy like that. That's just not going to happen. And yeah, that's why... Um, go God, ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and that's why the XRP army gets so upset, right? Because of, they, they see how they're being treated or how Ripple's being treated, and it's just not fair, right? But, but that's politics for you. You know, that, that, that's just politics and government for you.
0: And we actually had a comment last week. Someone was like, I think your Ripple opinions are biased. And I said, well, of course they are, because we're going to be proven historically <laughs> correct. We've been doing this research. I mean, I know me personally. I'm going up on two years and three months doing XRP research. I've got notebooks filled front to back with only XRP information. I've got PowerPoints on my computer. And people are like, well, why do you believe in this stuff so much? And it's because that's the best crypto that I understand. From what I understand for the real world solve, not only through partnerships, not only through banks and institutions, but what's going to take place from an on-demand liquidity standpoint, removing the charges from that remittance market. Right now, if I wanted to send money to, let's say, Europe, it could cost me as much as 11%. With this new system, it's going to cost me a fraction of a penny. And once you understand that, you understand, well, then the shift is inevitable because people who aren't using that new system are going to be at a massive disadvantage. I'd like to say thank you to Andrew Cashflow. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to the Node Defender. It's a pleasure as always. This was a great episode. And we're going to continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics on a daily basis. So with that being said, we'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors
1: rise. Warriors Get your
0: shit you together. To yes. That Here's the money, guys.